Uh, shine like the sun, go off like a gun. I am the one, your friendly neighborhood Pelly. <laughs> yeah, that's up the plane. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. Wednesday edition of the Fan in the Van podcast. And oh, what a Yankee win last night, ladies and gents. Aaron Judge really wants that damn contract bad. He wants that Mike Trout money. And last night, (laughs) walk-off three-run bomb. Uh, I'm not saying give the guy the deal yet because we still got a lot of baseball left to play. But my God. Um, You know, by this time last year, you would already heard that Stanton would be out for a significant time with something. And Judge is dealing with this. But... I don't know who the Yankees hired to be the strength and conditioning coach and whatever other nonsense they're doing, but whatever it is, don't fire this person, please. Um, You know, but when it comes to Yankees baseball, you know, obviously we saw it in a doubleheader with the Rangers. They, you know, the lackluster run scoring ability when you have runners in scoring position. But there's one thing that, really hasn't been discussed. And it's one that I shouldn't say it hasn't been discussed. It's it's been discussed but not really at length and it's kind of been asked more of like say a Twitter poll question or you know r- random people just asking who is the better Yankee pitcher right now? And before I get to that, the other day, Brandon Tierney at WFAN was on. He does the midday show with a former giant running back, Tiki Barber. And he says right now the Yankees have the better rotation than the New York Mets. That's... uh, I wouldn't say they're better, but I would say even without DeGrom in the starting rotation for the Mets... The Mets still have a decent pitching rotation because you have Max Scherzer leading the charge. It's not like it's not like if Garrett Cole went down that Severino is DeGrom Scherzer. You see what I'm saying? So we don't know. Even though Severino's been decent this year so far, we don't know if he could keep up that level without Cole there. Scherzer could be the ace without DeGrom. It's been proven before, no matter where he's pitched, whether it was in Washington, whether it was in L.A., Scherzer could always be that ace. We don't know that with Severino if Garrett Cole would be out for a significant amount of time. And now that the Mets are putting DeGrom on the 60-day IL, is only showing you now that they're going to, you know, they're either going to let this injury he has heal on its own, or the inevitable is going to happen where he's going to have to get surgery and he's going to be out the whole year. And it kind of sucks because I think this is the year where DeGrom could opt out. And if he decides to opt out, what does he get on the open market? Only because of the injury, I don't think he gets a lot. But if you're a team like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, if you're going to go on past Jacob DeGrom performances, then yeah, pay the guy. And usually I'm against that. But you could do that with a pitcher like DeGrom because he's proven time and time again he could go out there, throw seven, eight innings, 110 pitches, strike out 12, 
and keep the Mets in the game when they when they aren't able to score. You know, so with that being said, if this is, I think this is his opt-out year where he can go out in the open market again. And if he chooses to do so, if the Mets really feel confident with, you know, with, with the ground, they're going to have to pay him again. And that's just what you're going to have to do. Now, going back to the who's the best pitcher on the Yankee discussion. And it comes down, obviously, you know, Garrett Cole's in the discussion. But there's somebody you never would have thought would be in this equation. And that's Nestor Cortez. Guy who came through the bullpen and was immaculate there. And now he's a starting pitcher and flirted with a no-hitter on Monday. You know, keeps the Yankees in that game. And, you know... The, the fact for a guy who is who nobody knew who this guy was and to be pitching to a 1.41 ERA for the season so far, as opposed to our ace who's pitching at right now a two, 2.67 ERA, is astounding to me. And I'm sure there's all the Yankees fans sitting there that didn't expect this out of Cortez. You figure, all right, you know, he's, he's going to be a spot starter. You know, he'll never do this. He'll never do that. He'll just keep us afloat and keep us in the game. You know, to the bats decide to wake up. No. He's doing a lot more than that. I'm not... Listen, at some point, Cortez is going to, you know, go through a rough patch like every other pitcher does, just like every other hitter does. And we all know that, so it's to be expected. But what I don't want to see is everybody go, oh, we should get rid of this guy. We should get rid of this guy. Look at him. He sucks. He's a bum. Blah, 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 blah. You're the same people again that are cheering him now. That are saying that, oh, give, oh, give Cortez the Cy Young now. Give Cortez the Cy Young now. We're like, how many games into the year? 30, 31 maybe? And it's, and we're already talking about who's going to win the Cy Young. That's almost as bad as these supposed way too early mock drafts I'm already seeing. For the NFL, where it's like, oh, Bryce Young goes out. You know, oh, well, we predict Minnesota's going to draft him. Stop. Stop. Wait till the season ends. And then let's see where Nestor Cortez... Nestor Cortez has decent stats at the end of the year, and they're Cy Young capable, and, and you know, then, you know, we'll see what happens then. Um, I think MLB, though, is also addressing this pit of batters getting hit issue because you saw it last night after Stanton's home run, and then Garcia throws at Donaldson. I looked at that from every angle. <sighs> Listen, after you give up a home run and then you hit the next guy, yeah, it's always going to be questionable. Always going to be questionable. And I think at this point, you have to leave this up to the umpires. You know, as much as we can't stand them and as much as they are part of the problem in Major League Baseball, when it comes to hit by pitches, we're going to have to just let it lie in their hands and they're going to have to make a judgment call. And Blue Jays fans and Yankee haters can sit there and say, well, you know, if they don't, you know, if they don't eject Garcia there, then, you know, Judge never hits the walk-off home run. You don't know. You don't know. You just simply don't know. So why are we sitting here, you know, blasting that? Because I've already seen it. You know, on Twitter, oh, Yankees only won because, you know, Garcia threw it at Donaldson. Listen, 
Look at the Mets side of it. The Mets have had like every player get hit by multiple pitches. And and what's comical in that situation, and and I have to agree with Buck Showalter, because he came out after the Philly game it was, I think. Whatever game it was where then he got suspended and that Yoan Lopez is is suspended. Uh, and he came out and he said, you know, we're the guy we're the team with the most hit batters, and we're the ones who are getting punished for it. He goes, This is absolutely amazing. This is how ass backwards Major League Baseball is. Because for the team that's getting hit the most, then all of a sudden you turn around. It's like, okay, well, your manager suspended a game, and the guy who who may have or may not have purposely thrown at a batter, well, he's suspended for three games, but he could serve those when he gets called back up. So what do you think the Mets are going to do? You think the Mets are going to just call him up so he could serve a three-game suspension? No, they're not going to do that. And then the other thing I'm seeing, and, and I guess it must have been a boring sports day for WFAN, apparently, and I don't see how because I do maybe a half hour to a 45-minute podcast like every other day or every two days, and yet I have a lot to talk about, um, is how we're making a big deal out of the Tom Seaver statue at City Field. Apparently one side of it's correct, but the other half isn't modeled the same way. I don't know. I haven't been to City Field yet. I probably won't even be there this year. So I really don't care. And I don't care what the hell a statue looks like. 99% of the time, half these statues don't even look like the fucking guy that they made a statue of. So who really gives a shit? If that's the big thing we're talking about on a, on a nationwide friggin' sports talk radio show, you know what, WFAN? Hire me. I'll give you more entertaining shit. All right? You might have to move the satellite, but whatever. Um, the other thing, there's two things, and they tie both into Tom Brady here. Obviously, one will discuss him signing with Fox Sports for the ridiculous amount of money that they're giving him, which is more than he made in 22 years in the NFL, mind you. Um, if anybody who has TikTok, all right? So, and not that I follow Tom Brady or Justin Bieber, but you have a For You page and then you have a following page. The following page is everybody that you just follow that posts their little videos and their little whatever. So the For You page, I'm scrolling through one day and there's Justin Bieber and he goes, tell me something that that wasn't, that, that whatever it was, that had something to do with, with telling the truth about something that everybody knew, but it was kind of, you know, eh. So Tom Brady goes, maybe the tuck rule, <laughs> maybe it actually was a fumble. Like, we didn't know that. Like, we didn't know in 01 that that was a fumble, that they didn't make up a rule for you to win. And it goes to the question, and, I, and I've always said this, if they had just called it the right call, where does Tom Brady's career go from there? Maybe we're not talking about Tom Brady the way we're talking about Tom Brady. Maybe Tom Brady doesn't go on to win seven Super Bowls. Maybe Tom Brady isn't even in the league this long at this point. We don't know. But because the NFL officiating was so horrible then, they decide, let's make up a rule that we've never, ever heard about again. The only time you hear about the talk rule is when we discuss the Raider-Patriot game. That's it. And, and now that speaking of the Raiders, they're in a shit world of trouble. Uh, I'll get into that in a few minutes. But now, now you have 22 years later. 
Tom Brady's not even retired yet, and he's already getting offered a TV deal. And 10 years, $375 million. He's making more than Romo. He's making more than Aikman. And Romo and Aikman have been doing this a bit longer than Tom Brady has. So how did Tom Brady already get a, a huge deal? He hasn't even stepped in the booth. And chances are, when he steps in the booth, it'll be with Kevin Burkhart. And they're already calling it the most handsome friggin' NFL booth in the world at this point. Nobody gives a flying fuck. I don't watch football to look at the announcers. I look at football to watch people friggin' kill each other. Okay? That's one. Two, you're asking yourself, how do you get the deal? Chances are they probably did a test run with him in the offseason with Kevin Burkhart in a simulated game. And they probably liked all his mannerisms and how he talked and, you know, all that other nonsense. And they're probably like, oh, okay. Well, we don't want Amazon getting you because you know the minute Tom Brady's officially off the football field, okay, and actually retires and then stays retired, you already know NBC, CBS, Amazon's in the equation now, ESPN, and Fox. They're all going to bid for him. Fox just pulled the trigger and did it faster. Now, could Tom Brady have gotten more than... $400 400 million to be an announcer. I'm sure he could have, but he probably figured, hey, you know what? 375 million. I ain't going to scoff at that one. Because <laughs> who the hell would? You'd have to be a moron to do that. That's like watching Deal or No Deal, okay? Or being on Deal or No Deal when it was on and having an offer of like $336,000, but you say no deal and you walk home with a $5 friggin' briefcase. <laughs> you know? That's just what it is. But speaking of the Raiders, so I forget the Raider president name. Uh, one article puts that he resigned. Another article says he was fired by Mark Davis. And it's because he brought a lot of complaints to the NFL about the Raiders, how, how they handle business. And it's just, you know, it's a hostile work environment. Well, no fucking shit. No shit. Hostile? Really? You had a rookie wide receiver go out and kill somebody, okay? You have him giving out ridiculous contracts to to a quarterback who's subpar at best. I I get he's got, for all you Raiders fans, well, you know, he's got 29 game-winning drives. Uh, You know, Derek Carr's the end-all be-all, okay? For, 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 For some of you Raiders fans that don't know the game, you're the fan that should sit in the corner and look at the wall and watch the paint dry, okay? Because you got the same story and it just doesn't work anymore, okay? Derek Carr's been there for how long? How many playoff appearances do you have? Not many. How many AFC West championships do you have? None. How many Super Bowl appearances do you have? None, okay? When Al Davis died, this team died. Let's just be real. Let's just be real. Mark Davis, with his frigging... With his friggin' spaghetti dream ball haircut of his, okay? Because let's be honest, that's what it looks like. Doesn't have a clue to what he's doing in Vegas. And yeah, Raiders fans sit there and say, well, the smartest movie made was, you know, he got us a new, he got us a new stadium. You know, we're in Vegas now. Yeah. And it's still the same shit that was going on when you were the LA Raiders and then the Oakland Raiders. It's the same nonsense. A whole bunch of, a whole bunch of high hopes. And the outcome's always the same. Mediocrity. Let's be real about it. Let's be real. 
Come on. Derek Carr getting $40 million a year is a fucking joke. Okay? It is a joke. All right? I understand, you know, okay, you improved the team. You went out and you traded for Devontae Adams. And then you paid him a boatload of money. You went out and got Chandler Jones. And it paid him a boatload of money. But what you also hurt in that, in all that, is the guys that have already been here who busted their ass for you and a guy like Josh Jacobs. You pretty much told Josh Jacobs, yeah, thanks for everything, but fuck you, is what you told him. You told him, fuck you. I, I, we, you know, we don't need you anymore because we'll have Devontae. Okay, that's fine. Because watch when Josh Jacobs leaves now and he goes and he signs a contract somewhere else and he's actually on a playoff team. And he's actually on a playoff team. Just think about that for a minute. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, for, for Raiders fans that sit there and you want to argue, and my buddy Brandon actually has to live with a Raiders fan, okay? And when, when he worked with me, the things he would tell me that this guy was saying would make you want to slam your face in the plexiglass. It is insane. And speaking of plexiglass, <laughs> I believe the Rangers play again tonight. And it's do or die at this point. You know, and, and I've always said this, that Shesterkin and Georgiev are not solidified starting goalies. They're great at backup roles, but they are not. And people sit there and say, well, you know, he's up, you know, for, I think, the, the, um, the Vendsna Award. Okay, yeah, that's all well and good. It's all well and good, but look what's happened in this Pittsburgh series. He's been exposed. He's been exposed, and maybe part of it is because he's been overused. Why? Because we don't have a solidified starting goalie. Okay? I don't know where they go and find one, but they need to go out and find one. Or you don't overutilize them, and you're going to have to use Georgiev more than you wanted to. But the Rangers need to figure it out. But to come back and win three straight is improbable. I mean, granted, we've seen it in sports history. The Red Sox have done it. Blech. But, you know, you're talking about hockey here. And, you know, it, it, you know, it's a whole different element when it comes from hockey to baseball. <coughs> it's a lot more physical in hockey than it is in baseball. So, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know what spark the Rangers need to find, but they need to go find it before before they hit the ice. I don't know what they need to do. I don't know. Maybe watch Mighty Ducks 1 through fucking 800. I don't give a shit. But do, do something. Because this was the year this Ranger team was one of the... It was just one of those teams where it's like you just, you had this feeling like, hey, we can actually win the cup this year. And then we got to play Pittsburgh, and it's just being ripped out from your gut. Like, but nothing worse than, and again, this isn't to bash the Islanders, but why on God's green earth? I don't get this. Barry Trotz gets you to two straight Eastern Conference championships. You win one of them. You lose the second one. Then you have a, a, an abysmal third year. Let's just be honest, okay? Wasn't the best year for the Islanders. 
Maybe part of it was they had to play a lot of it on the road before the arena opened up that wasn't even ready to be open. Okay, maybe it was that. Okay, but the fact that they go out and, and me and me and my buddy Al, who are both Ranger fans, are sitting there. I'm like, you, you see this? Like, you know, Barry Trotz just got fired. And he's like, what? He goes, he goes, he goes, it's got to be more than that. I have a feeling, honestly, Trotz got fired because he probably had an argument with, with, with upper management. And they're like, that, you know what? That, you want to argue with us? We'll just go find somebody else and pay him less money. So... That's probably the end all be all that happened there. But apparently they apparently from what the GM says, Lou Lamarillo, is that they want a younger a younger voice for the younger players. I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna work. Because the Islanders don't have a bad team. I mean, let's be honest. They don't have a bad team. They got a lot of youth in there. They got Matt Martin on defense, who's a friggin' banger. All right. You got you got Bailey. You got uh Matt Barzell. I mean, the list goes on of what they got. I mean, you got decent goalies there. Again, I think it was just maybe that type of year where it's just the Islanders just didn't have it in a gas tank. And it happens. You know, there's been years the Rangers haven't had it in a gas tank. But you know, if the Rangers go and do the un, uh, the unthinkable and win three straight, they got to go into the next series and finish it like that. You you can't have you can't have these series go into seven games. I mean, you see, you, you see, like I think it's the Avalanche up three one on whoever they're playing. So how is it that these other games, you know, these other teams are winning and and finishing like that? You know, they're finishing like that. Four or five games. That's something the Rangers had to do against Pittsburgh. And it's and it's something that they they honestly failed on. They honestly failed on it. So what's the what's the end result this year? Do we see do we see the Rangers head coach get fired after his first year? You know, getting the Rangers back into the playoffs. Do the Rangers extend Ryan Reeves? And I think you have to because I think Ryan Reeves is part of why this Ranger team plays the way it does because Ryan Reeves is physical. Ryan Reeves brings that element that we didn't get to see because he was playing in Vegas and then he was here and he was there and he was wherever before he got to New York. So they have to keep him. You have Kreider who right now giving him that extension looks amazing because 50-plus goals this year, can he replicate that next season? You know, Zabatajad, can he, you know, he's got to, you know, I don't really know what his stats were this year, but, you know, he's got to keep it up. You know, they got to, you know, Panarin's another one. So on offense, you have three key guys. And then on defense, you have some decent, you have some decent hitters there too. The problem is, is the goaltending. And it's always been. And again, it's not knocking Igor Shosturkin and Alexander Georgiev. But they're not true starting goalies. They've never been. That's like when the Rangers had Cam Talbot and Lundqvist went down. And then Cam Talbot looked like he was going to be the end-all, be-all. And then all of a sudden, we trade him to Edmonton. I believe it was Edmonton he wound up getting traded to. And have you heard from Cam Talbot since? 
No. You haven't. You haven't. Because they made him a starter and he got exposed. And he got exposed. That's that's the bottom line here. This is the bottom line. He got exposed. No changing it, no nothing. Now, on the NBA side of things, um, I don't know what's going to happen with this whole Chris Paul's family and the Mavs. What, what it happened was apparently the Mavs, this Mavs fan was trying to give unwarranted hugs to Chris Paul's family. And, you know what, not for nothing. And it's not to... And nobody thought about this. What if the kid had some sort of mental health issue that nobody knows about? Like, what if he was autistic or something? Now, he probably wasn't, but what if? Are we having the same reaction? Or are we going to have a little, uh, be a little sensitive towards it? Because you never know. I mean, you don't know. I don't know. Chris Paul don't know. His family don't know. You know, I've seen it where, you know, kids with mental health, you know, m- m- mental health issues or, you know, they're not as mentally stable as as some of us. You know, they want to go around. They want to hug people, people they don't even know. So we don't know. We'll probably never know. But, you know, the situation is what it is and what, what's happened has happened. And, you know, that's that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time discussing that. Um. Obviously, the wizard, the uh, the Warriors, Grizzlies, and it's such a shame because if John Morant was healthy, this Warrior Grizzlies series was going to go seven games. But because whether Jordan Poole made a dirty move, going after Morant's knee, now Morant looks like he's out the rest of the playoffs. So unfortunately, let's just call this what it is: the Grizzlies run ends. <laughs> after whatever game is played next, which I, maybe they play tonight. I'm not sure, but... But what's weird is this, though. When they did their awards this year, and actually actually Jokic wound up winning MVP, you know, because they went... You know, because it's a, it's a stat award, and I understand it. But to me, it's more than just that. But we'll save that one for another day. So when they had Comeback Player of the Year... And they give it to John Morant. But he won Rookie of the Year before that. And I understand John Morant was hurt for part of his rookie year. But comeback player of the year. I don't know. I don't know how they do these awards anymore. I really don't I really don't care at this point. I mean, I guess they just whatever. Whatever. But it was funny. Going back to the Tom Brady thing, so on the way in, I was listening on the radio. And, um, you know, they're talking about how, you know, what would Peyton Manning have gotten? Now, Peyton Manning was offered a booth deal. And he's like, nah, I'd rather do the Manning cast thing with my brother and, you know, whatever ESPN's paying him, which I'm sure is a pretty decent amount of money. So he really can't knock that. I don't know if Peyton Manning... Actually, I shouldn't say that. Because Peyton Manning's always been like a... A somewhat funny type of guy. I mean, you've seen him do the SNL skits. So he's a little more uh, outspoken, I would say, than Eli is. Like, like Peyton's more comfortable in his own skin as opposed to Eli. Like, you've seen Eli in the past where he just, he almost looks like one of those, like, wax statues at, at you know, at um, that wax museum. I always forget the name of it. But, 
I think a part of Peyton has rubbed off on Eli. You see Eli on the Manning cast, and he's just more kind of like, he's a little more fun to watch and actually, you know, tolerate at this point. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to watch the, the A-Rod cast, and chances are I'm probably not going to watch it. Um, just for the simple point that, and it's not a knock on A-Rod, because he's one of the most knowledgeable baseball minds in Major League Baseball. He just has this voice when he talks. And it's just like, yep, time to go to bed. It's one of those like, and then you know. Um, and then if you hit the ball at this angle, it creates a centripetal force of this. And, you know, X plus Y will equal Z. And, uh, yeah. No. 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 I don't need to hear that. It's bad enough the ESPN broadcast announce team already sucked. But then you bring in David Cohn, so that kind of elevated it a bit. Um, and honestly, I always loved David Cohn on the Yes Network. And I know he still does it there from time to time. But, yeah, you'll never catch me. I, I Sorry, I can't watch the A-Rod cast. I don't even care if Michael Kay's on it with him. I don't care. I just, I, I can't watch it. Um, but as I get ready to go and start getting ready to do some stuff here at work, uh, you know, there was one other topic I did want to discuss, but I'm going to wait for that. I'm letting it kind of mold in my mind to how I want to go about it. So I'm not going to say what it is yet, but it is something that I've been thinking about, so, you know, when I'm ready to, to do that one, everybody will get a preview of it, but as always, to everybody who follows, retweets, my buddies at 1420 Sports, as always, uh, we gotta get together and do one soon, so, uh, we'll figure that out, a time, date, whatever we gotta do, it's gonna get done, so, uh, you know, everybody else, Nate's Daily Wagers, it always retweets, follows, and listens. Um, you know, Average Joe, another good sports podcast out there. Uh, there's just a lot of us out there. So, you know, give everybody a listen. That's all I can really, that's all I can really tell you. Uh, we also have videos on YouTube. And again, I'll express this. If you're going to subscribe and ask me to subscribe, don't then unsubscribe. Because that's just a bunch of horse shit. I can't fucking deal with that. So, you know, you, you know, you're only hurting the person you were trying to help. And the person helping you is actually helping you and not sticking it up your ass. So, please. E either you subscribe and say, stay subscribed. Even if you don't watch anybody's videos. Just leave it as is. Because that's what I do. I'm subscribed to so many freaking YouTube pages. I haven't even watched one. I haven't watched one of half of anybody's. You know, I just don't have enough time in the day personally to do it. So, you know, that's all I, that, that's where I'll leave it at. But again, to everybody who follows, retweets, um, you know, as always, it doesn't go unnoticed. It's very much appreciated because without listeners, followers and all that, none of us would be here. So, until uh, the next one, stay safe. Let's go Yankees. And as always, peace.